Pastor Rick, glad you are with me on demand. I love on demand because the word of God is in your hand. You can see it when you want to. And today we talk about youth and happiness and how they're examples of being satisfied. David is our model today. He's a guy who models for us some interesting atti attitudes in his youth. He's a young guy and just starting to lead, but he's got his head on straight. It goes off later on in life, but when he started off, when he was young, he was pretty straight and he got his way back. But all that's good. Stay with us. It's going to be just a few minutes into your day, but it's going to change your life. Enjoy today's study. Stay right there. Glad you're back. Listen, open your Bible up. Let's get to it. Matthew chapter five, verse six. I want to take you on a journey today that talks about the last piece of our study, which is hunger for you young people. Let me read the verse we've been talking about for weeks now. Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And so in the sermon series, we've been talking about what it means to be blessed or happy. And we describe for you what happiness looks like. It, it has hunger elements to it. It has righteous elements in it. You want what's right. It has, it has the sense of being filled, fulfilled, happy. And so we talked about those things for the last few weeks. Today, we talk specifically about young people. Once a month, we focus on young people a lot. So we thought it'd be fun to go back through this series and ask the question from a youth perspective. Because young people ask these great questions, right? And I, I, want, I want to explore how do you get young people to be hungry? How do you get, how do you get them to be hungry? Uh, a lot of churches are trying to get young people in their church. They're trying to get young people to be a part of what they're doing. They're trying to you know, do all these things. And so the question is, how do you do that? How do you inspire them to be hungry? Um, now, I, I want to say this to all of you who have uh, the leadership roles and you're trying to figure this out. Some churches think, well, let's have a church service for them. Let's have a, um, I don't know, some pizza or a basketball game. And all those are nice little things. We've done all that stuff, right? But I, I want to do two things. I want to first admire youth hunger. I want to talk about it as a separate item. In other words, I want to say, what are they hungry for? What do they desire? And what can I learn from that? I want this to be a message about what I can learn from the things that they want. Because as you get older, you stop talking about what you want. You start talking about what you did, where you used to be. That's what kind of bores young people sometimes because you never, you don't have any forward dreams. You only have rearward conversations. If I ask you, what did you want to be in the next five years, you wouldn't know, or next year you wouldn't know. And as you get older, you know, you start losing that ability. It's amazing, this aging thing. Ah, it's amazing. You know, you just, you know, talk about your doctor, you talk about what you, who you used to know, where you used to work. And for young people, that's not a fun conversation. Not at all. Because they're forward thinkers. And if you're not careful again, you'll lose that. So what I want to do is I want to talk about that. And here's my answer to the question, how do you get young people to be hungry? How do you inspire them? What do you do? Number one, if you want them to be engaged with you, respect and invest in them the way you want it to be respected and invested in at their age. Now I'm going to put that on the screen for you. I want you to see it again. Watch this. Respect and invest in them the way you want it to be respected and invested in at their age. In other words, if you want young people to be excited about being around you, you want, to, you want them to want what you want, you have to be willing to invest in them the way you want to be invested in. 
respected the way you want to be respected. Inspired and encouraged, not always preached to and talked down to. Now, it is my conviction <laughs> that churches are not really in love with young people. I'm sorry, but you can tell because of the way we spend our money, time, the way the services are organized. I always say if kids organize services, there'd be a recess because we talk too long. It's just too long of an experience for them to enjoy. It's longer than a movie. I mean, it's just long, really long. And it's real traditional, and it just scares people. I'm not saying you got to be wild and out of control, and I'm not saying rocking, rock music and lights make it youthy and better. I'm simply saying I need to understand what they think. And a lot of times we're not asking them what they think. We don't really care, to be honest. We, we tell them what to wear, tell them what to do, and we're not listening. So I want you to, for a minute, just kind of pause and think about what creates hunger in people and what inspires people. That's kind of what we're talking about, too, what inspires them. So let's take this journey and talk about five things that made me hungry in my youth. And then I'll talk about things that made David, who was our example in the Bible, hungry in his youth. The first thing I want to talk about is exposure, because that was one of the first things that helped me. It showed me uh, the level of my potential. I, and I came to Christ really early in life. I came to Christ as a teenager, and I realized that exposure helped me. Number two, truth. Truth showed me the other side of, of, of my fantasies. Once I ran into the truth as a young person, it helped me believe for a lifetime that certain things were not true. So number one, exposure. Number two, truth. Number three, education. That taught me what I did not know. Education is crucial because it teaches you how to research facts and come to conclusions and, and critically, big term, critically think, critical thinking, real important term. And number four, peer pressure. I call it positive peer pressure. Being around godly young people, being around people who had clear vision and clear focus really helped me. Number five, scripture, <laughs> the word of God. Man, I'm telling you, nothing like the Bible, nothing like it, nothing like it, best gift God ever gave to me. Because then in the scripture, as I, as I d dived in and, and, and soaked it up, it changed my life forever. So I'm going to take you to the scripture, Psalm 119. And I want to go to this because this is like the, the, <laughs> the, the mega text on the scripture and on the word and the value of God's word. And as a young man diving into this, I mean, like young, like 16, it really, really was a transformational experience. If you ask me the single greatest thing that ever changed my life, it was just studying the Bible, studying the word of God. And of course, the second thing, if you said, well, where did you really get, get down in it? It was, for me, it was college. And we, we started prior to college, but I went to, I, I studied theology in my undergrad and it was a phenomenal experience, life-changing, soul-lifting I went to Life Pacific University in California, Life Pacific University. And I, I'm telling you, it was, it was just amazing. It was amazing. It, it helped me um, study the scripture verse by verse, word by word, um, in the languages and all the other uh, wonderful tools that they, they shared with me. It helped change and shape my life. Now, I don't remember all the languages, by the way. I'm working on that. But I'll tell you, because if you, don't use, you, know, you don't, don't use it, you lose it, they say. But no enough to be a little dangerous. But what's powerful is in those four years, my life changed. And going back for a degree in um, leadership, uh, uh, I should know what my master's degree is in, right? Strategic leadership, yeah. 
those things really helped me a lot. It, it, education, so that I knew for myself, is, is transform, it was transformational. Because somebody can tell you something, but when you see it for yourself, it comes alive. So let me give you David's testimony in Psalm 119, where he's talking about the value of the word, the power of the word. He says five things, I believe, that were really incredibly insightful to me. And this is what I call five things that showed what David was hungry for. I showed you what made me hungry, right? Exposure, truth, education, peer pressure, scripture. That's what helped me. Here's what David said helped him. Here we go. Number one, he said this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice, verse 14, in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways, and I delight in your decrees. I will not, I will not neglect your word. Man, that is powerful. And there are five things I want you to think about. Number one, notice he focuses on his life. He said in verse, verse nine, how can a young man keep his way pure by living big word, according to your word. So his lifestyle choices, his life, that's what helped David stay hungry. Oh, man. Surrendering your life to God does something. David said it again. He says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to what you say. His life choice changed everything. Giving my life to Jesus and really meaning it, giving my life to God, even if you're not a you know, spiritual person or whatever, but making, that making it a moment where you say, I remember I was 16 years old and I, I gave, well, I was 15 when I really made the first commitment, probably privately at 14. At 14 was when I really made this commitment and that I didn't fully understand. But I do, I do know that in that early, those early stages, there was the sense of here is my life. You see in David's life, this passion for God, this drive, this hunger was developed. And it's not until you surrender your life that you, 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 that you see you really develop the hunger. It doesn't really grow. Half-hearted people never develop a full hunger for God. Secondly, he said his heart. He refused to go astray. He gave his life, he was committed, and then he said, I'm not going to I'm not going to leave you. I will, I I I seek you with all my heart. He says in verse 10. I'm all in. You're the center of my attention. You're the focus of my life. I am clearly committed just to you. I'm telling you at an early age I made that commitment. I wasn't perfect. I struggled. I had to learn things. But but I I made a commitment and God worked with me. Thirdly, he said his hunger. Look at verse uh, verse 12. Praise you, O Lord. <laughs> teach, your, your, teach me your decrees. That's what I want to know. Teach me what you want. You see this hunger. He wanted to know, with my lips I recount all your laws. I'm saying it over and over again. Hunger. This guy's hunger. Remember Matthew 5 and 6? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. That's why David was special. When you look at David's life, we're still talking about David thousands of years later. You know why? Because he was special. 
His heart was right. His life was committed. He wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. David's whole life is X-rated almost. Good God. Uh, definitely on the high R rating. I mean, this guy, mature audiences only if you study David's life. But he was a man at the core of his being who was sincere. His life, his heart, his hunger was towards God. And number four, I love this, his habits. If you looked at what he did every day, verse 14, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I am always meditating in, your, in, in, in what you say. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Notice that he had a habit of engaging God. I look at my habits and I notice things. You know, you get up in the morning, what is the first thing you do? Are you praying? Are you interacting with God? What's really, this is a big statement. Coming to church, and I'm not against coming to church. I love church. Please come to church, okay? Come hang with me. It's great. We have fun. But the, but the problem with coming to church for some is they define that as proof they love God. It's not true. Your habits, your daily habits, you're not engaging God. You're not hungry for God. You watch more television. You do play more games. You do more. There's, there's no, no, no habit trail, habit, not rabbit, habit trail in your life that says you are truly committed to God. Not really. Your habits. What do your habits say about your devotion, your level of devotion? David, as a young man, about, he, this is a guy writing this in his 20s probably. He's young, he's committed, he's fiery, he's devoted. And his habits are amazing. And the last thing, his entertainment. That's how you could tell he was hungry for God. I delight in your decrees, verse 16. My entertainment is your word, and I will never neglect it. You know, I, I'm not against entertainment. Matter of fact, I'm a big entertainment fan. But I think sometimes we, if you look really close at us, we're, we're not as interested in God as we pretend. As a matter of fact, we're not as interested in most of the things he says. So I look at David, I look at myself, and I think, wow. Wow, there's a lot in that for me. If I look at, if I, if, I, if, if I wanted to, as a young person, become what David became, if I want to be a transformed person, then I've got to make that kind of commitment. Some of you are praying for God to use you, but you haven't made that kind of commitment. Some of you college students, you haven't made that kind of commitment. Some of you high school students, you haven't made that kind of commitment. It's one of the great things I'm happy about in my life, early in my life. I made that kind of commitment. Now I want to turn the page here a little bit and let you just think about that. Let's think about, am I like David? Am I, am, I, am I open to God transforming my life? Do the young people in my church, in my world, are they exposed to something that would inspire them to be committed like a David? I just love that. I love studying this guy's whole life and seeing the power of it. But I want to turn and close out with some questions because people have asked me a lot of questions. And there are five questions that young people ask, have asked me that I think are important. And I know the, the conversation we've had about entertainment, about his habits, his hunger, David's thirst, and his heart. There are five questions that people have asked me about that kind of thing. So here we go. Number one, how can I avoid all the bad entertainment? Pastor Rick, what you said was great. David was a guy, young guy, who's had his entertainment was focused on the word and those kind of things. Are you saying that I should sit around and go, Jesus, 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 Jesus? The answer is no. Here's what the answer should be. 
you can't avoid all bad influences. There are a lot of things around you that want to entertain you, but you can't avoid becoming like those bad influences. You can look at the things around you that try to entertain you, try to pull you away, and you can say to yourself, I want to be a person who receives God's best, and so I'm not going to let that be my entertainment. You know, a lot of things are really fun to watch for a minute, but if you hang with it too long, it hurts you. And your entertainment is a great indicator. David said it this way. He said, I delight in you, your decrees, what you say, the way you think, not the way they think. And sometimes I've had to say to some entertainment options, that thinking is bad for me, and I'm not going to let myself be filled with that. And I say no to it. And I think you can start that as a young person. Number two, you ready? Second question. What are the habits that you should avoid? Remember, David had good habits. Um, the answer would be this. The ones that stop you from reaching your full potential and lie to you about what is real. I don't want any habit in my life that works against me. So the, what, I, what I would say, if it's going to affect me in some negative way, I don't want that in my life. And, and so you identify those habits. Do you really think that this drug habit helps you? Do you really believe that getting out and getting drunk every week, do you think that helps you? Do you think, you know, doing the things you do? I won't give a list. You got your own list, right? But I'm, as a young person, I had to come to that place where I decided these are going to be my habits because my friends were all over the place. The people around me were all over the place. And I had to decide I'm not going to make that a habit for me, watching that, being a part of that. And even some music I had to draw lines on because the music wasn't consistent with my goals. Thirdly, have you ever hungered from something that was not good for you? Because remember, one of the things that David had this hunger for God, right? So have I ever hungered for something? The answer is yes, <laughs> I did. Oh, man, I can think of stuff, but I'm not saying it all today. But, but let me tell you what I've learned. I've learned um, that um, it wasn't good for me, so I changed my diet. I, I just said, no, I'm not going to eat that anymore. And, and I can relate to that now. You know, there's that discipline, don't eat this, eat that thing going on all the time. And some things I just hungered for, but they weren't good for me, and I had to make that decision. Yes, I paid for it and learned not to eat that again. And we've all done that in the natural, right? Eat something you, 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 just, you just wanted, and then you go, oh, man, that was a bad decision. Number four, have you ever had, had a heart or focus problem? In other words, David talked about his heart was focused on God. God was at the center. And here's the big answer. Yes, yes, yes. I, I was a high, in high school during my senior year, and it was the time I almost did not become Pastor Rick. Almost. So I had, a heart, I had a heart temptation, pulled away, distracted by uh, romantic interest, uh, distracted by status interest, um, and say, which one took the greatest, had the greatest pull on you? The romantic stuff. Sure, man, goodness gracious, almost just forgot all about God a few times, but I didn't. I stayed. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I understand your temptation. And, and I think sometimes you have to pause, especially as a young person, and say, hey, I can't. But what's funny is it's not just when you're young. You get older, too. And so that was an issue. So I've had a heart problem. The focus of my attention was, was being pulled away from God. Number five, last question. What helped you turn your life around when you were tempted to go in the wrong direction? The one thing that may surprise you that's always been consistent with me that I think helped me throughout my life is my prayer life. 
I prayed no matter where I was spiritually. I always kept a strong prayer and Bible reading life. Reading the word and praying saved my life. It changed everything for me. It helped me to see life differently and it kept me on track because the temptations were strong. The lies were strong. Uh, the moments when I felt frustrated were strong, but God was with me because I prayed. I prayed about my sins. I prayed about my temptations. I prayed about the things that confused me. I prayed when I was in, insecure. I prayed when I felt confident. I've consistently kept a prayer life and that changed my life because I believe that, that those who are led by the spirit of God, that God shows up and says, I'm going to help this guy because he's praying. He's praying through his issues. So don't stop praying. Don't do that. No matter what season you are in your life, don't stop praying. Which brings me to the next series we're going to take on. I am excited about a season, a series I call Managing the Seasons. I believe there are two seasons that are really interesting in your life that I want to talk about. At some point in your life, like right now, for some of you, especially if you're young, you've got a lot to do. You've got college and school and dreams and ambitions. Some of you got children and kids and they're growing up and everything is running around you and you're just, you're just like a dizzy person and you don't even know if you can breathe. You barely got time to listen to me for a few minutes. That's a season that I want to show you how to manage. People have to learn how to manage that season. And then there's another season, a season when there's not much activity a season when you retire or a season when life slows down, the kids move out, and now you've got that slower season and you have to manage that. I want to show you how to manage both seasons. In this next series, my goal is to help you understand the power of managing the seasons and what that all means in your life and how God can transform your life from that. Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to start. You can read ahead of me if you like. Chapter 4, verse 10. And it talks about the importance of being a person who learned to be content in whatever season you're in. And so I want to take you on that journey, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 through 11, and I want to show you the power of managing your seasons. No matter where you are, there's a way you can be happy and there's a way your life can be fulfilled. Whether your house is full of activity or not full of activity, whether you have a lot of job opportunities or the job opportunities have slowed down, whether your industry has changed or the same, it doesn't matter. I believe that God can give you a place of contentment, but it's all about how you see it. So let me pray for you today. And I want to pray that God would bless you to be a hungry person who goes after life, whether you're young or older. And I want you to learn from David. And I want you to set your heart towards God. And like I learned, never stop praying. Let's pray. Father, let this be a moment where the hand of God becomes strong on your people. May they hear you today. May they be inspired today to, to walk in your word to become transformed by your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would lift them and empower them and give them victory in their life. May they never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. If you're here today, I want to thank you for joining me. If you're here to hear God's word and you want God to touch you and you want to give your life to God, I pray this is the day you join me in one final prayer because that's what it's all about you aligning yourself with God. You may not be a church person. You may not be a person who understands a lot of what I'm saying because you're not used to this kind of conversation. But let me just pray for you and you join me in this prayer. Father, I pray for those who know they're not close to you and want to be. Let this be a transforming moment where they give their lives to Christ. A moment where they say, Jesus, I hear you. I want God's presence in my life. 
I pray for forgiveness. I pray for a brand new start and a peace that only you can give in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray you are blessed by today's message. I pray that you saw the importance of being hungry in this series. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard the message, may it inspire them to be hungry people. From their youth on, may they be inspired to go for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for being with me today. If the message blessed you, link it and send it to a friend. See you next time. I got more to talk about next time. You don't want to miss it. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.